Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 160 of the Average Cheese Podcast. It's a whole family for episode 160. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at RN Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. No number 60 this week. We're going to get into Packers and 49ers preview. We had Do You Ran ask us a question, Peter. We answered it a couple episodes ago. The question was, do we need a wide receiver one? Has that changed in your mind now that the playoffs are in? You see like the CD Lambs and that kind of thing do the Packers need a wide receiver one not right now I think this group is a bunch of wide receiver ones now and I think having those different types of receivers different guys coming to the fore each week is, I think that's helped I think that's helped Jordan Love's development and I think it's helped the offense this year here's my worry or question or I don't even know how to state this but right now these are all first and second year guys they're all playing for lack of a better term, without ego. Will they, as they get older and more established in the league, will there be this okayness with not getting catches? Jaden Reed didn't have a catch in this game. It went to other guys. And it's a rhetorical question because there's no way to answer the question. But I worry that going forward, these guys are going to be like, I'm the guy. I need more than my three catches. And then we're going to we're not going to have a wide receiver one, but we're going to have a a bunch of guys that want to be wide receiver one and are not happy with the role they currently have. Thoughts on that? Yeah. I just don't know. Like you say, it's a rhetorical question. We, we don't know how that's going to go. I mean, there have been offences in the past that have had multiple 1,000-yard receivers. You know, I'm old enough to remember that Chargers offence of the late 70s and early 80s that had the wide receivers, Joyner and Jefferson and Wes Chandler and, and Kellen Winslow as well, catching passes for more than 1,000 yards. So, so, so you can have that kind of thing, and, and there's been multiple since then. But yeah, I mean, it's a great question. It's just one we just, we just who knows where this goes. And I, and, I, and I think that it is one of those situations, right? If you're sitting there in the draft next year or the year after and a really good wide receiver falls to you, it's, you're not going to pass him up. You're still going to take that guy. If he's the best player available and he falls to you in the draft, then you, then, you, then you take him, I believe. But I don't believe that you're looking for a the next Devontae Adams or the next whoever, yeah. James yeah. Lofton or whoever. Yeah. I think the only way you would draft a wide receiver in the first three rounds this year is if it's like an Aaron Rodgers type fall. But that doesn't happen to wide receivers very often. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just about it's, it's just about value. Yeah, absolutely right. If you're sitting there with, you know, you've got two picks in the second round and you've got two picks in the third round. So you're sitting there in the third round and a guy that you really, really like and actually you've graded him as a high second round pick is sitting sitting there then you might well take it all right thanks do your rant we appreciate the question peter can you do a little packers 49er history yeah just very quickly so the packers lead the all-time series 38 33 and one 
which is, includes the playoff games. And it's a series that goes back to 1950, which was the year that the 49ers joined the NFL. They played in the old All-American Football Conference, the AAFC, for a few years before that. But the 49ers lead the playoff series 5-4, which includes winning the last four playoff games in, in the series. So the Packers did have a 4-1 lead in the playoffs series up to that point. And we remember that last playoff game, the game that Todd and I really don't want to talk about, 13-10, 49ers win at Lambeau Field a couple of years back in the divisional playoff. The game Dale still has never seen the end of. But there's been a number of really good games, I guess for both sides, but I don't want to talk about the games the Packers lost. I want to talk about some great games in this series that the Packers won. And the, the first one of those was the 1995 divisional playoff game where the Packers were huge underdogs going down to San Francisco, who were the reigning Super Bowl champions in 1995. The, and the Packers I mean, pretty much beat up the 49ers that game. There was a play early. I want to say it was Wayne Simmons caused a fumble early that Craig Newsom returned for a touchdown. Keith Jackson, I, I seem to remember, caught a touchdown or a couple of touchdowns in that in that game. And the Packers beat them 27-17. to 17. And then I think probably the most memorable one that we all remember for various reasons was the one the following year in 1996 or after the 96 season, the divisional playoff game that was played in the in the mud and the slop and all of that at, at Lambeau Field. The game where Desmond Howard returned a punt for a touchdown and then nearly returned a second one for a touchdown had his probably funniest moment for the Packers, which I'm sure you guys know this story. Second half kickoff, 49ers kickoff of the second half and Desmond Howard isn't out He's there. He's out there. Yeah, you told he us that there. story. So Desmond Howard's supposed to be returning the second half kickoff. He hasn't got out onto the field and the Packers have only got 10 men out there, nobody returning the kick. And the 49ers recover it down at about the Packers' four-yard line and go in and score. Fortunately, it didn't make a difference in the, in the game as it turned out. But I think that game, like I say, is memorable because it was played in the slop and the mud and the rain and probably the Packers' best performance in this series was the following year when they went to San Francisco and won the NFC Championship game down there in, in San Francisco. I remember Antonio Freeman catching a touchdown pass about the 16-yard line and he I can't remember, he broke free and then cut this way and cut that way and went into the end zone and the Packers pretty much dominated that game as well. Which game was it where, I'm going I'm going through my mind in like my most memorable 49er yeah. Packer games, which one was it where Rice clearly dropped the ball? This was before yeah, so that's video the, review. That's the, which which yeah, one so was that? That's the follow the following year, which, 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 which I deliberately... You didn't yeah, put it in the great game section? Deliberately didn't put it on my list. Well, there's two things, isn't there? There's, there's that, that Jerry Rice caught it and, and clearly fumbled. All day. Um, when we spoke to Mike Wall, he, he brought that up. If you remember, we spoke about it with, with Mike. You know, And then the last play of that game, Steve Young Terrell. threw the touchdown pass to Terrell Owens. Owens. Yeah. 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 So my story on that was I was dating a girl at the time from the Bay Area, and we were in Berkeley, very liberal Berkeley. <laughs> yes, in a <laughs> campus bar, and that play happened to Owens. And I just remember going, Mother, just screaming, Mother, <laughs> mocker, like, right. And you know, like, oh man, it didn't go. Like, I got some. Was that your last that date? People were just like, What is with <laughs> this guy? Like, they're like, taking a break from hugging trees and shit to have a beer. And, you know, I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> That's exactly what happened on that play. I will never forget that moment where I was exactly all of that. Yeah, let's not relive that. 
<laughs> well, I was trying to hide. <laughs> I was, I'm not going to be was, in Berkeley this weekend, just, <laughs> just so you know. I was trying not to. And I, I guess I was just going to finish this. There's a bunch of players and, that played for both teams. That the two people that immediately did spring to my mind were obviously Mike Holmgren, that coached at San Francisco and then coached for the Packers, and Timmy Harris, who obviously was a star for the Packers and then went to the 49ers and won a Super Bowl. And those stories are, are interlinked because the Holmgren trade what turned out to be a trade for Holmgren. The Packers got those that draft pick back when Timmy Harris went to the went to the 49ers. But yeah, lots of other players that kind of spent a bit of time here and a bit of time at the 49ers. Gabe Wilkins, Wesley Wolves, Craig Newsom spent the end of his career at the 49ers. Coaches from the past, Steve Mariucci, for example, the Packers and the 49ers, etc. So there's a lot of intertwined history between these two teams. And also possible Taj Shitlist member Oren Burks. No, oh, he's not possible. Stop giving away your team. I, I'm trying to. All right, sorry. <laughs> We're gonna have the whole right, team. Sorry, my, my, there be no I gotta have a. I gotta have a gag or something. I shouldn't have brought it up. I, I'll right. blame myself. Yeah. Well, there's uh, actually there's there's a depth chart to that particular position. I'll say. Yes, we know that there, you're there is, be like a, there is a depth chart on that one. There isn't just a one here and a one. Some positions are, but a couple of positions have depth charts. Yes, linebackers certainly. I've got a theory now. We should run a competition sometime later in the year as to who can most closely guess Todd's team, right? Because if they've listened listened to enough shows, they will be able to get quite a few of them. I'll just what I can do is I can just I'll copy paste it over to another doc, and I'll just delete all the names. You can see which positions have certain depths and like. I love that idea, Peter. We're doing that. All right, let's move on to their staff, their coaching staff, and their executives. John Lynch, former safety for the Buccaneers, is their GM. Kyle Shanahan, which is one of Todd's favorites, is their head coach. He's done a really nice job in the playoffs against the Packers. That's another intertwined thing, like Peter was saying. The Shanahans and that whole thing. And and LaFleur, that whole linkage. I do think that there is something to the pressure for Matt LaFleur to beat Kyle Shanahan. I feel oh, yeah. like he feels it. Oh, yeah. And I think he calls games a bit differently because of it. No question. Defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes was the head coach with the Cardinals in 2018, was the interim coach with the Panthers. Brian Greasy, didn't he? Did he? No, he played with the Broncos, didn't he? Played with the Broncos, played with the, Be- played with the Bears for a little bit. Okay. Played for the Bucks a little bit. I think he played for four four or five teams. He's their quarterback's coach. Their assistant quarterback's coach is Clay Kubiak. And then their assistant passing game specialist is Clint Kubiak. Peter made this shit up. There ain't no way that's the truth. That's the truth, Peter? That's the truth. It's like a family franchise. Right? This is more interesting to me, Peter, that Anthony Lynn, former head coach, is now the running backs coach with San Francisco why the fuck would you take a job that far down the pecking order if you were the head coach somewhere? I wouldn't. I'd fucking quit. This is the job you're giving me? Running backs coach? I don't think so. It's beneath me. I'll go back to college and coach in college. Johnny Holland, who Peter talked about a couple weeks ago, linebackers coach, former Packer, and a bunch of fucking guys I don't want to talk about for the rest of the list. Unless you got somebody, Peter, in that list that you'd like to talk about. No. No? All right. Packers who were with the 49ers and so on. Chris Slayton. Remember Chris Slayton? The oh, other Slayton? Right. Yep. Claimed off the waivers. He's still on the on their practice squad, Peter. Chris Slayton is. Okay. 
a bit undersized, but really played well in the preseason for the Packers. I thought he might make the roster when he was with us. Adam Stenovich at the Packers offensive coordinator is with the uh, 49ers as an offensive line coach, the assistant offensive line coach, Joe Barry. Joe Barry, well-traveled, was also with the 49ers. Did Rich Bisaccia also coach with the 49ers, Peter? No? Surprised. Peter, of the draft picks in 2023, do you have a favorite? No. For me, it was an odd draft, but of course, they traded away the first and second round picks, and in fact, their own third round pick as well. So the first round pick went in the Trey Lance trade up a couple of years back. The second and third round picks went for Christian McCaffrey. Now they got some compensatory third round picks to get some of that back. There was nobody that really stood out in that draft. I mean, there were players I liked. Ronnie Bell, the wide receiver from Michigan, I liked, but it's kind of a sixth or seventh round pick and they got him in the in the seventh round. I think the surprising pick probably for most people was the kicker, Jake Moody out of Michigan. And he's been pretty good for the 49ers this year, to be fair. I think the surprise was not that he was so much picked, but that he was picked as high as the third round. Do your rant brought him up. Do your rant is from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Moody was a Michigan kicker. He's like, this is the guy I'd like the Packers to draft. But I thought we had talked about him being in like the sixth or seventh round at that point. We, I mean, because third round is... That's not where kickers are picked. But if you think you're that close and you've got a guy, Robbie Gould, who's like 117 years old, maybe you make that move early because you want that guy. And I think that's the thing. You, you know, hit the nail on the head there. When you're really close anyway, you can make that move. You can give up a third round pick for, for that guy. I think when you've got needs all over the place, it makes it a lot more difficult to do that. Not to get too far down the stack here, but um, where is Trey Lance? Dallas. Really? Yes, he's the backup quarterback in Dallas. And so John Lynch has gotten a lot of, I mean, GMs get praise and they get hammered when they do something wrong. Is there, a, I mean, a worse draft pick than Trey Lance in the last five years? I would say I no. I, I still... Because you traded up to get him and he's yeah. not even on your roster. And then I think yeah. they got like a fifth round pick or something from Dallas, didn't they? Like, fuck it, bye. Or, yeah, he's I like Trey play. Lance. Yeah. You're the only one on the planet. I feel as though he still has something. Like, he could be a starter in the in the NFL. When you had a guy like that, the, whose college career was impacted by the pandemic as well. And he's only in his third year in the NFL now. So that's yeah. where Jordan Love was last year. You know, you'd want to give that guy time. Trey Lance is probably in... There couldn't have been a worse team that he could have gone to. He has no chance there with his career. I mean, he's getting paid and blah, blah, blah. They've got Prescott. They've invested in Prescott. For Trey Lance... The atmosphere in the environment in Dallas is win now at all costs, all the time. Agreed. Like that's a ton of pressure. for and, and Prescott, in his defense, man, he's been dealing with that shit his entire fucking career. So Trey Lance is in probably the worst absolute position he could possibly be in. And, and he's the third string guy in Dallas, a Cooper Rush. Right. Yes, who has come in and played games yeah. for the Cowboys yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah. He might be Jamarcus Russell Jr. out God. of the league. He's the third string quarterback. I know. I think the guy's still got it. The 49ers are 12 and 5. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They stumbled a bit as of late. They really got smashed by the Ravens and also got beat by the Rams down the stretch. So they are 5 and 3 against teams who ended up in the playoffs. You wouldn't expect from the number one seed, right? You'd expect them to be far more dominant than they have been. The Packers had zero Pro Bowlers, nine Pro Bowlers on the 49er roster, five first-team All-Pros. This is a very good football team. Again, it's the playoffs. We don't need to go through this. Their depth chart looks like you 
a 12 and five first seeded team in the NFC. On the offensive side of the ball, Brock Purdy has been very good for being was the seventh round pick. But Brock Purdy is the fourth highest rated quarterback in PFF. And he was a late pick. We know that seventh round pick that I know for sure. Wasn't he Mr. Irrelevant? I'm he just was, fucking yeah, throwing was completely the very last pick in the draft. Yeah, and they absolutely stole him. And Shanahan has turned him into a very good quarterback. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, good receivers. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Good Lord. George Kittle is the highest rated tight end in PFF. Trent Williams is the second highest rated tackle in PFF. On the defensive side of the ball, it's Joey Boza. It's Fred Warner. Traverius Ward has been much better than I expected. Jesse Armstead. Like, there's a lot of good players on there, this team. Th- and then they got the trade for the Washington guy. Chase Young. Young on the Chase other side Young. of Boza. I totally forgot about that. That's about as dangerous combo as there is in the NFL. I mean, that is lethal. But we did say that about Dallas too, right? We did. Parsons we and did. Lawrence yep. against Tom and Rashid Humper Walker. And I don't think I heard Lawrence's name or Parsons' name much at all. They were shut the fuck out. Rasheed Walker was spectacular in that game. He did not allow a pressure. I want to say that Zach Tom allowed one against yeah. Micah Parsons. Rasheed Walker is is easily the most improved Packer in for for this year. Easily, you could make a case for Kraft and like some, some other dudes or whatever. Like kind of came out or whatever out of nowhere. Wicks, but like Rasheed Walker, like we were we were killing him in the early early yes. part of the year. He fit somehow. He he's like figured it out. He was a seventh round pick. Of the right. Packers. Was he Penn State? Yep. Yeah. Peter, I don't know why I remember certain things that you said. You said to me, because I said, why did Rasheed Walker fall so far when I wanted to say he was like projected into the second, third, something like that round the year before he didn't come out? You said it was off of one game, played so poorly against Michigan or Ohio State. I don't remember who it was. I mean, I don't care. I guess I shouldn't. I don't even care. Rasheed Walker has played his ass off. Maybe he can do it for one more week or maybe a couple more weeks. Three more weeks. Three more yeah. weeks would be freaking great. <laughs> Are there any other offensive and or defensive players you want to talk about for the 49ers before we move on? Their pass rush is going to come from the outside with Young and Boza. Fred Warner is a great linebacker. I We said the same thing about the Cowboys, both sides of the ball. Team rankings. The Packers are now 11th overall in offense, 17th overall in defense. 49ers are second overall in offense and eighth overall in defense. Three keys to beating the 49ers. Give us one way the Packers can beat the 49ers. Win the turnover battle. That's an obvious one for every NFL game, but proven true this past weekend. Win the turnover battle. Don't turn it over and force turnovers. Todd, thoughts? How do we beat the 49ers? I think the biggest matchup for me, the biggest matchup for me is Shanahan against Barry. That's that's the matchup for me that it, it's that scares me the most. Barry needs to come up with a really, really sophisticated plan because Kyle Shanahan is a fucking genius. Barry's somehow orchestrated some pretty late season decent schemes here. Let's be honest. That's like the key matchup. I don't think he has to beat Kyle Shanahan necessarily with his defense, but I think he has to minimize a lot of shit and slow that offense down. If he can do that, I think we stand a chance. Peter, how do you slow down Christian McCaffrey? 
if you're Joe Barry, can you? Or is it a C.D. Lamb thing where you're just trying to minimize the damage? I think that's the thing, is is trying to minimize the impact. And you have to do that with McCaffrey, but you also have to do it with the outside guys, with Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. The other thing for me is, and we do see this with the guys, the teams that have a bye week, is that sometimes that two weeks off where you think that would be an advantage, sometimes they can come out and start slow because they've not played for two weeks. Let's hope that's the case here. The Packers can take advantage of that. The Packers, if they win the coin flip, need to take the ball again. And I hope if the 49ers win it, they defer. Because I think the Packers need the ball in their hands. I think you have to start off 7-0. Not 3-0. Not with the three and out on the first drive. You need to go down and shove it down their throats and start the game like you started against Dallas. That's how you beat better teams. The other thing is, and I was listening to Larry McCarron, and he said what I thought was perfect. He said, you don't have to beat the 49ers or the Cowboys 18 times. You only have to beat them one time. It doesn't matter what they did the first 17, 18 weeks of the season. It's what are you going to do now in this moment? And the Packers are hot. The Packers could have thrown up 60 in this game. I didn't feel like they could be stopped. You know, that question about whether we need a number one wide receiver No. Jordan Love is going to sling it to whoever's open. That's what's going to happen. And I think that that makes the Packers dangerous. You have no one you can focus on on that side of the ball. Aaron Jones, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Kraft, Dontavian Wicks, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed. All of these guys can play and with the ball in their hands can make plays. You just have to beat them once. The Packers are nine and a half point underdogs and the over under is And yes, it started at 10. It is creeped nine and a half. And the over under is 50 and a half. It is my suggestion that we do not have a score prediction or a a win or loser prediction. Are you okay with that? I just think it's bad juju. It felt fucking weird doing a a playoff (laughs) winner loss last week. Regular (laughs) season, fine. Playoffs, I I felt it didn't feel right to me. Because Peter and I both said they were going to lose. Wrong. And I texted you in a week and said what? Well, Nostradamus, if you would like to give us a Packer win prediction, I will put it in the episode. I do think they'll win this game. Awesome. Because why not? The over-under um, is 50 and a half. And it started at like 51 and a half, I wanted to yeah. say. That's a I, I bet number. the over. I think they're, I think they're going to win like, it'll probably be high scoring. I think the Packers like are on a roll. I, I mean, if they're, if they're carving up Dallas's defense with Aaron Jones... Jordan Love playing at a high level. So many different targets to throw to. I don't think the 49ers have seen that part of. Like, it's a totally different team from the last time they played them, you know, back in the Bajorquez days. I think they're going to win. It could be a similar game as the Dallas game, but I think that it'll be a little more, not such a blowout in the beginning and then like play catch up. I think that'll be a little back and forth in the beginning, but I think the Packers will pull away and win this game. 38-20. Nice. I mean, yeah. Brock Purdy. I mean, why is... not? Well, who's who's going to bet against them, really? I mean, at this point. I mean, not who... me. And, Peter's and not they... going to bet against them either. Yeah, they're going to play their asses off. There's no weather. You know, it's in San Francisco. I mean, I think, yeah, I think we're good. Jordan Love, isn't he from, he's originally from California, isn't he? He'll have some fans out there. Why not? All right. I think they win. Do you want to do a prediction, Peter? Let's just leave. Let's just let's let's just leave it there. I agree. I'm not doing one either. Fuck that. So thanks for listening to episode 160 of the Average Cheese Podcast. Go back up. Go back up.